0: A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So glad that you've joined me on another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company for this uh, Wednesday, September 21st. We are going to be talking about a lawsuit that was filed in the wake of of the Bruin decision in the Supreme Court. And actually, it's not just one lawsuit. You've got multiple lawsuits filed around the country taking on one of the so-called sensitive spaces that a lot of cities, not every city, but a lot of cities have put in place when it comes to concealed carry. And that would be public transportation systems. So what's interesting about this is uh, in New York City, before the Bruin decision was handed down, those Rare individuals who possessed a valid concealed carry permit could, in fact, carry on New York City subways, New York City buses Uh, after the Bruin decision came down and New York's may issue concealed carry laws were declared unconstitutional, opening the door for the average New Yorker to obtain a concealed carry license, at least in theory. Uh, One of the new sensitive places adopted by the state of New York. Yeah. Yeah. The subway system, the mass transit system in New York City, uh, and other cities around the country have long had these bans in place on public transportation systems, including in Washington, D.C., where the uh, metro system, which not only serves D.C., but also Maryland and Virginia, uh, bars lawful concealed carry holders from riding on the uh, metro rail. The city of Chicago has its own ban. On concealed carry on public transportation. Meanwhile, you've got cities like Atlanta uh, and Dallas, Kansas City, uh, St. Louis that do not uh, ban handguns on public transportation. Actually, I need to go back and look at St. Louis. I might be wrong about that. But I know that uh, Dallas and Atlanta area mass transit do not have carry bans. So shortly after the Bruin decision was handed down, you had uh, several individuals file suit uh, in Washington, D.C., taking on Metro's gun ban. And now Washington, D.C.'s attorney general, the uh, top prosecutor there in the city, uh, is firing back, declaring that uh, guns should remain banned on the uh, Metro system. Attorney General Carl Racine, in a uh, pretrial motion in federal court, uh, said that uh, Metro, with rail and bus passengers, including thousands of federal workers and children riding to school, is one of the, quote, sensitive places where guns can remain prohibited. Uh, Racine says that, quote, every modern mode of interstate transportation prohibits the carrying of loaded firearms on one's person, including commercial aircraft and interstate buses. Uh, And since Metro serves D.C., Virginia and Maryland, at least portions of uh, northern Virginia and uh, uh, southern Maryland, uh, that this is, uh, in fact, interstate transportation, and that the ban on concealed carry should remain in effect. Now, I would argue there are a couple of different things. First of all, there's uh, maybe a prohibition on carrying a firearm uh, in a uh, in an airplane or on a bus or on Amtrak. There is not, however, a ban on transporting those firearms. Uh, and I believe the Metro ban not only prohibits the carrying of firearms, but the transporting of firearms as well. It is true that Metro serves a lot of federal employees, that Metro has kids riding to school on the uh, Metro in the morning. But Metro also has plenty of customers who may already possess a concealed carry license, certainly are eligible to possess a concealed carry license, and they rely on public transportation to get them to and from work, to and from the grocery store. They, they rely on public transportation throughout their daily life. Given that the Supreme Court has said that we possess a general right to carry a firearm for self-defense in public, sure seems to me that D.C.'s uh, ban or Metro's ban on concealed carry would violate those Second Amendment rights by making it virtually impossible. For those riders who possess a concealed carry license, not only to protect themselves on Metro, but to protect themselves before they get on the train, after they get off the train, over the course of their daily life, that they are precluded from exercising their Second Amendment rights because they are reliant on public transportation. Uh, Racine says, quote, in dense spaces characterized by jostling and interpersonal conflicts, the risk of a gun being accidentally discharged or hastily fired is tragically high, not only for the innocent bystanders who may be shot, but also for the countless other victims who may be crushed or thrown from a platform by a panicked crowd. In addition, Racine said that any incident involving a gun, uh, quote, could disrupt transit for the hundreds of thousands relying on government provided transportation each day. Um, all right, a couple of responses to that. First of all, uh, preventing somebody from lawfully carrying a firearm doesn't stop individuals from illegally carrying a firearm. As we saw earlier this year in New York, when a man brought a gun onto a subway car and opened fire. Now, this individual did not have a New York City concealed carry permit. But that didn't stop him from violating the law and bringing that gun on the subway car. And opening fire. So the idea that, well, we're going to stop violent criminals by preventing law abiding citizens from exercising their Second Amendment rights uh, doesn't fly with me. Uh, in addition, Racine uh, uh, said again that uh, any incident involving a gun could uh, disrupt transit for the hundreds of thousands relying on government to provide a transportation every day. Um, there is a Twitter account. uh, I think it's still active. Uh, It's been a while since it's been on Twitter, but it's called the Unsuck DC Metro. Metro already deals with a lot of delays and problems uh, for a while there. They had train cars catching on fire. So, uh, again, there are already delays, but but the potential for transit delays Again, because, uh, well, hypothetically, a concealed carry holder might uh, have to defend themselves or, or, or might even negligently discharge a farm. There might might be an accident, right? I, I, I don't think that that is a persuasive enough argument, certainly not for me, to say that individuals, every law-abiding individual, uh, should be barred from exercising their constitutional protected rights because there might be, hypothetically speaking, um, uh, unforeseen consequences as a result. Now, the plaintiffs in this case uh, have asked the judge to issue a preliminary injunction and to rule in their favor before this case goes to trial. Plaintiffs say that while Metro has its own police force, many trains and buses lack police presence, and therefore it is not really a sensitive space, is not treated as such. Uh, the average bus or the average Metro car, not really treated as sensitive, quote-unquote, because there really is no law enforcement presence, although the Supreme Court said in Bruin that even the presence of law enforcement, even knowing that, you know, well, typically there's a cop somewhere nearby, that alone uh, is not evidence that a particular location is a sensitive place. But the plaintiffs also say that even if the public transportation vehicles could be considered sensitive areas, the prohibition on license carry on such vehicles is a substantial infringement on licensees' second amendment rights. This is especially the case as to persons of limited means lacking access to alternative transportation, which, by the way, is a great point. Again, this ban falls harder, well, on those who are relying on public transportation, right? If, if you have a private vehicle, you have a car that you can use, well, I mean, you can always say, all right, I'm going to drive into the district today so that I can exercise my right to carry. If you don't have that option, what do you do? You're hosed. You shouldn't. (laughs) Again, I'm not an attorney, but it seems strange to me to argue that only those who can afford private transportation are allowed to exercise their right to carry. That doesn't sound like a we the people thing to me. Uh, And as I mentioned, it is not just uh, D.C.'s Metro that is being sued. In fact, uh, just yesterday, the Second Amendment Foundation announced that it is providing financial support to a lawsuit that is taking on a similar ban in Chicago and the uh, Chicago Transit Authority. Alan Gottlieb, the founder of the Second Amendment Foundation, uh, said in part. Buses and commuter trains are public places, but they are hardly sensitive places. He said the four plaintiffs in this case rely on public transportation to travel to and from various places, including work, and they should be able to carry farms for personal protection while in transit. However, current laws, regulations, policies and practices enforced by the defendants have made that legally impossible, adding that uh, Illinois is trying to perpetuate an indefensible public disarmament policy despite the clear meaning of Supreme Court rulings. And we are going to help the plaintiffs put an end to this nonsense. I am so glad to see that that is the case. Uh, this uh, a new lawsuit is known as Schoenthal versus Raul. And uh, here's just I, I think here's the the money quote uh, from the filing quote. Public transportation is an essential public purpose, quoting the Illinois Constitution. And plaintiffs rely on public transportation to travel to work, to school and other places essential to their daily lives because the public transportation carry ban prohibits persons from carrying a firearm while accessing public transportation. The ban severely restricts plaintiffs from exercising the right to self-defense outside of the home. This directly violates the Second and 14th Amendments to the U.S. Constitution, as held by the Supreme Court in Heller, McDonald and Bruin. Now, again, it's probably going to be some time. Before these cases get resolved, uh, and certainly the anti-gun politicians are going to do their best to put up a fight. Uh, but again, who are they? Who are they really hurting here? Who, who is going to feel the impact of their prohibitions most acutely? It's not going to be the well-connected. It's not going to be the well-heeled. Right? Again, they always have the option to uh, take their private vehicle into Washington to see to drive into Chicago. It's going to be those average working class residents in the D.C. area and the Chicagoland area who feel the effects of this gun ban most acutely. And they are the ones whose rights are going to be violated most severely. Uh, Again, anybody and everybody who might potentially use D.C.'s metro system or Chicago's transit system. Uh, will be implicated. When I lived in Northern Virginia, I had my own car. But occasionally, when we would go into D.C. for the weekend with the kids, I would take D.C. Metro. It was easier. You didn't have to worry about finding a place to park, things of that nature. Um, And so there are going to be a lot of those folks who are also going to be impacted by this ban. Again, I don't think the ban can stand uh, these historical uh, uh, prohibitions on uh, uh you know the prohibiting, uh, concealed carry and in interstate commerce um I, frankly i think that's kind of a stretch on the part of carl racine but it also does open up a larger question of whether or not those types of bans are constitutional as well you know this is something that i think is uh one of the next steps to come here uh post bruin in terms of the litigation you look at Well, any other constitutionally protected right, and it doesn't end at the boundaries of your home state, right? I mean, I live in Virginia, but if I travel into West Virginia or if I go down to North Carolina or drive up to Maryland, I don't lose my First Amendment rights. I don't lose my Fourth Amendment rights. But depending on what state I'm traveling to, my Second Amendment rights stop at the state line. You know, West Virginia is a constitutional carry state. They recognize Virginia concealed carry licenses, but Maryland doesn't. Washington, D.C. does not. And states like New York, states like California don't even have non-resident permits. So there's no way for someone like me, who lives in Virginia, to be able to legally exercise my right to bear arms in a state like California. Now, I would argue that that is pretty squarely unconstitutional. And yet, this is something that the courts are going to have to wrestle with going forward. Why should our right to keep and bear arms end at the state line. I would say there's no good reason why that should be the case. But uh, obviously, the anti-gun activists have a very different point of view. All right, let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with uh, uh, what's going on in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where officials actually held a press conference this week to talk about the number of repeat offenders that they are seeing Uh, on the uh, streets of the city uh, and the problem that uh, this is causing here in terms of violent crime. The uh, mayor cited a recent homicide on Labor Day uh, as an illustration of what law enforcement deals with describing the uh, suspect as a parole absconder who got a hold of a gun. The uh, mayor said that the suspect had been sentenced to multiple years in prison just last year, but was released on parole after just a few months. Yeah, the uh, police chief said these are some of the most dangerous people that our officers deal with because they know that they're headed back to prison if they're caught. Suspect may be armed in a stolen vehicle. Uh, and again, this is not an unusual finding. Uh, the uh, One of the uh, police department uh, uh, officials said that the majority of these suspects in these crimes, in the uh, aggravated assaults uh, that they have received uh, over the last few months, are not strangers to the criminal justice system. So they're seeing a, an increasing number of individuals who are already on parole, already on probation, not doing a lot of time for their original sentences, and shockingly are going on to commit more crimes once they're let out early. Again, this is not just a blue state problem, unfortunately. This is a blue and red state issue. Uh, I think we're more likely to see these issues addressed in red states, given the soft-on-crime policies that we see in places like Los Angeles, New York, and Philadelphia. But this is a, a problem uh, for all of us. And unfortunately, until we start to repair the criminal justice system, instead of trying to slap new criminal offenses aimed at legal gun owners uh, onto the books, this problem is only going to continue to get worse. Today's Armed Citizens story uh from uh, Hamilton County Ohio Lincoln Heights Ohio specifically where the uh, Hamilton County Sheriff says a homeowner who shot and killed an intruder uh, just a few days ago will not be facing any charges this was on Monday night in Lincoln Heights the uh, sheriff's office says 48 uh, year old uh, Henry Jennings was involved in a domestic dispute while he was driving. He sustained cuts to his neck and then crashed his vehicle. He then tried running away from the passenger. Investigators believe that he entered a home nearby. Uh, The homeowner was watching TV when all of a sudden this stranger was running into his house. Officials say the uh, homeowner dialed 911 as the incident was unfolding, saying we heard someone yelling for help. He came in our house. Law enforcement officials say that the homeowner then feared for his life and fired several shots at Jennings. Who passed away at the scene? Other neighbors dialed 911 after the shots were fired. Shooting, uh, according to officials, is a case where Ohio's standard ground law can be applied. Hemlock County Sheriff's Office has not released information regarding any uh, suspect information and arrest or possible charges uh, directed against Jennings' passenger. Uh, the Sheriff's Office, again, saying that Jennings was, quote, involved in a domestic dispute. Uh, we don't know if he was the initial perpetrator of that domestic dispute or a victim, uh, in that domestic dispute. Again, the sheriff's office hasn't said, but we do know that again, the homeowner according to the uh, Hamilton County officials, uh, was legitimately in fear of his life, uh, when Jennings burst into his home, uh, and then was shot. We will keep our eyes on the story. We'll bring you any more details, Uh, as they become available, and hopefully there will be more details forthcoming. Finally today, our good deed of the day in uh, Sakeem, Washington, where three men have been honored by local police for being in the right place at the right time and willing and able to do the right thing to save the life of an officer back in May. Daniel Insalmo, uh, James Mike Bluen, and Ryan Ross, all receiving uh, Citizen Commendation Awards, for their role in helping to stop an attack on Officer Daniel Martinez during a traffic stop. This was back on uh, May 19th. Officer Martinez had uh, pulled a car over. It was about 430 in the morning. Uh, The uh, driver of that car, 34-year-old Brett Allen Kinney, then tackled Officer Martinez as he was being walked back to the patrol car. Uh, Daniel Insalmo says he heard a disturbance outside of his home across the street, and we looked outside. He saw an officer involved in a struggle, so he called 911 and then rushed over to help Officer Martinez. He said, when I saw him on the ground, I assumed the worst. I heard two gunshots from the struggle, and I called 911. I saw a gray figure on top of a dark figure. Martinez was asking for help. Meanwhile, uh, James Bluen, who goes by Mike, said he was on his way to work and running a little late at 430 in the morning when he heard a, a gunshot and ran to help. He said, my body was working before my mind. Ryan Ross, the uh, last. Good Samaritan who uh, got involved, uh, just happened to be driving by when he saw what was going on. He heard Blue and call for help to hold Kenny, uh, and he thought, "I, what the hell's happening at 4.30 in the morning, he said. Uh, all three of those citizens, despite hearing gunshots and having no way of knowing what was going on, uh, ran to help the officer in need. And as the uh, Seguin police say, because of their actions that morning, an SPD officer was spared even more serious injury or worse, and the suspect was apprehended before he could cause further mayhem and risk to the public. Martinez and Kenny both sustained non-life-threatening injuries, were uh, treated and released from a local hospital. Uh, Officer Martinez said in a recent interview that he remains on light duty. He's not allowed to comment on the incident as it remains ongoing. He says that he has not met all of the men uh, under better circumstances, but he says he hopes to in the uh, very near future. So again, in the right place, at the right time, willing able to do the right thing to uh, help an officer in need. Uh, Our appreciation to Daniel Insalmo, James Mike Bluen, and uh, Ryan Ross there in Sakeem, Washington. That is going to do it for this edition of and Arms Cam & Company. I want to thank you, as always, for being a part of today's program. We will be back tomorrow with even more of the latest Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about. In the meantime, I would encourage you to check out BuryingArms.com throughout the day. We're constantly updating the website with uh, the latest news stories about your right to keep and bear arms. And, uh, well, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That You know, we've got good stories where we're seeing success. We've got some stories where, unfortunately, uh, gun control activists are putting up a fight, and then those ugly stories like... Uh, Oh, the sheriff in Santa Clara County, California, who's uh, facing corruption charges for allegedly uh, running a pay-to-play scheme when it comes to issuing concealed carry licenses? Yeah, that's an ugly story. And we are covering it bearing arms. If you like what you see, I would encourage you to uh, become a VIP member at bearing arms as well. All you have to do, go to com slash subscribe, use the promo code gun rights, and you get a significant savings. We certainly do appreciate your support. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.